0: Alright, good morning. Can you hear me? Hey, we're working. Good morning. I'm the substitute this morning. Um, Timothy is a little preoccupied, so I'm jumping in in his place. Um, if you recall, last week Timothy started a series on the church. Um, what is the church and what's our role in it? And obviously, we're <laughs> taking a little break from it, but you know, this week is um, related. I guess you could say everything in the Bible is related, but... Um, Uh, This this week's sermon is actually intended for the kids. You know what, kids? Do you ever feel like church is just for adults? And you're just kind of along here because you have to be? Well, I want you to know that the Apostle Paul considered kids to be part of the church. And there's a part in his letter to Ephesians where he's speaking directly to the kids. So we're going to look at that part. Um, Specifically, it's going to be Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. And in that passage, he's speaking directly to the kids in that church, and in this church by extension, uh, to help them to walk or live in a way that's fitting for God's people. And specifically, it's about obeying your parents. Oh boy, here we go. Um. Let me pray, and we will jump right in. Heavenly Father, we praise that you are the father of, um, you are our father, you adopt us into your family, and you love us, and you are good. Um, we thank you for um, the, the parents that you've put in our lives to, to lead us and to um, implement the authority that you've, you've given them um, under you. Um, we pray that you would um, grow these kids to know you and to walk with you by honoring and obeying the parents um, in the Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Well, before we get there, we need to start off by the way, in the way that the Apostle Paul does. If we just jumped right to, children, obey your parents, without the beginning part of the letter, we'd be missing something. Because the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, like he wrote all these letters in the Bible that he wrote, they were... In, probably sent to the church, and someone would stand up and read the thing from the beginning to end. At least, maybe the first time at least they heard it. They they would have heard the beginning of the letter before they heard, children, obey your parents. So, we're going to start at the beginning too. Don't worry, it won't take that long, but um, it's important to get the context of what he's, why he's saying, children, obey your parents. Um, Because the book of Ephesians is about the blessings that God has given his people, and then how do we live in response? Well, has anyone seen the movie Tarzan? We watched that movie last night, um, and it got me thinking, because it starts with a shipwreck, right? There's a shipwreck, and the parents die, and there's a baby on board, bless you, and there's a baby on board, and he's rescued by gorillas and whatnot, but it got me thinking, you know, have you ever imagined yourself in, a, in that kind of place? Shipwrecked, all alone, you're in trouble. You're, let's say you're on a deserted island. Is this going to work? There we go. You're on a deserted island. There's not even coconut trees. There's not even palm trees. You're, how are you going to eat? What are you going to do? You're in trouble. You don't know how you're going to make it. But then a ship comes by. You see a ship go by in the, in the horizon. It sees you, and they, they come by. The ship comes by, and the, there's some very kind people on board. They, they offer you food and shelter. They say, you know, come join us. Become, become a partner. Come on, come on board. We'll help you. Um, and on top of that, they have a mountain of presents, gifts, just for you. Like, like Christmas, but like way more. They tell you, hey, we heard there was a shipwreck and we were hoping you were alive. So we have come looking for you specifically. We hoped you were alive. You are. We're so thankful. Please. The only condition is you have to come on board, right? You have to come onto the ship and you have to be willing to go where we're going. You have to be, become part of our crew, right? Well, that might not be a real hard decision to make, right? I either stay on this Deserted island, waiting for, you know, waiting for something, probably who knows what. Or I can take this offer of being saved. And this is what God has done for us. This is the gospel. He, um, he has sent Jesus looking for us to save us and rescue us. And he came, Jesus came with lots of gifts for us. And... Um, but we have to, to get the gifts, we have to get on board. We have to trust him by getting on the ship and going where he's going. And in the beginning of the book of Ephesians, um, Paul tells the, the church about the gifts that Jesus has given them, the blessings. The, they include forgiveness of sins, adoption into God's family, freeing us from the power and the poison of sin, heaven and an inheritance in heaven, and more. All these gifts were bought and given to you by Jesus. Now, why did he do that? Because we deserve it? Nope. Because he's that gracious and kind. He's just the kind of God who gives gifts and is gracious. Offers gifts. And that's the good news of the gospel. That whoever trusts in Jesus, or whoever gets in the boat, in our analogy, will be forgiven of their sins. Then, after God has given us those blessings, after we've gotten on the boat, after we've received all of the good things, then Paul tells the Ephesians how to live in response to that. It's like when you get on the rescue boat, you know, it would be good and right if you've been rescued and invited on board. Imagine you came on board and you just started breaking all the rules. You left messes everywhere, you, you know, I don't know kicked the parrot or something that's, that's on board, there's parrots on ships all the time. You didn't know the rules, you didn't care, and you just didn't care to learn how to live as a crew member. Well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be appropriate, would it? No, you should because you're grateful. You should learn how to figure out how to please the captain, how to, how to live in a way that, that's in accord with how they do things there. Um, as a as a way of honoring the captain, and by being, a, you want to be a blessing to those on board. So that's that's the gospel, and that's what Paul is telling them. Once you have accepted the free gift of Jesus, how do we live in a way that's an appropriate response? And he tells the in this book, Paul tells the kids specifically what that looks like, and it looks like children obey your parents. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So, there's a command in there. There's a a thing that we ought to do, and it's children obey, right? That's what he's telling us. What is that word? Let's break it down. That's an interesting word, obey. When you look at it, it means... To hear under. That's kind of weird, isn't it? What does that mean? Well, let's break that down. To hear. Hearing, like, that that means not just to, you know, perceive that there was a noise. You have to understand what you've heard and do it, right? Kids, has it ever happened that your parents give you instructions, but you didn't hear them? Yep may go like this, son, I asked you to clean your room, why haven't you? Well, I didn't hear you. Well, I was standing right there in front of you when I said it, I looked at you in the eyes, you looked at me, well, I didn't hear you, right? Well, that, there may have been sound waves that went into your ears and bounced off your eardrums, but you didn't hear, right? Does this sound familiar? Yes, yes, okay. And sometimes your parents may may accuse you of selective hearing. You've ever heard that term? Well, God is calling you as kids to be active listeners. This means you're trying to catch what your parents are saying. Kind of like if you're playing baseball and you're trying to catch a fly ball. You know, sometimes you might do it well, like this. And sometimes it might not go so well, like this. But the important thing is you're trying to catch what they're saying, right? Or maybe it's you're listening for the sound of the toaster to pop up with your Pop-Tart when it's ready. That's how we should be listening for our parents' instructions. Don't be a selective hearer. Be a detective hearer. Like you're, you're, you're trying to figure out what, what's being said and what you can do to obey. So it's here, under. The second part of that is Under. What does that mean? Well, I think that's a pretty important part of it too because whether you're a kid or an adult, we are all under authority. Authority. Do you know what authority is? It's someone in a position of leadership who has the right to give instructions, who has the right to lead you. Everyone on earth is under authority and especially under God's authority because he made us, right? But from our very birth, we all rebel against God's authority and we want to be our own authority. That's called sin. That's the big problem in the world. So to help keep our sin and rebellion under control, God has put authority in our lives. Kind of like this. God, you see up here, God is the one, is this the one that's, oh there we go. God is the one with all authority and he gives Parents, a little bit of authority. Oh, my spacing got messed up. Parents have a little bit of authority from God. Government has some authority from God. Police, teachers, they all have authority as God has given it to them. Romans 13.1 says, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that have existed, those that exist have been instituted by God. So do you see that? God's given government some authority, but it's really God's authority, because he's given it to the government to use to govern the people. Other forms of authority in your life include police, (laughs) judges, bosses, teachers, parents. So as a kid, you are under your parents' authority, and it's really important. But we always remember God is the highest authority, and he's put sort of like scale models of authority in our lives. Kind of like, that's a 124 scale Ferrari something or other. What is it, Micah? There you, okay. <laughs> the parents, the authority that parents have is kind of a scale model of God's authority. They're, they are to carry out God's authority over your life because God gave that authority to the parents. So, it's up to us parents To make sure we're helping our kids obey God, right? So if we put it all together, obeying is listening intently for instructions from dad and mom and doing them. Understanding that they are in authority. So that means we can't say no to mom and dad, right? When they give you instructions. And that means that Paul is asking you to obey even when you don't understand why. Cheerfully all the way, right away, before asking why is how we would say it in our household. Um, yeah, and parents, as an aside, that means if, obeying, if, if your kids obeying parents is God's standard for them, and you're called to teach your kids to honor God, then it's on us as parents to teach them to obey us as parents, right? Of course, we do that with self-control and kindness and graciousness that's representative of who God is. Because us, as parents, teaching our kids to obey, teaches them to obey God. Right? Now, kids, I know this is hard. I know obeying your parents is hard, right? Did you know even Jesus obeyed? This verse talks about how Jesus, we should have the mind that's like Jesus, who he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus obeyed God the Father By coming to earth, becoming a man, dying for us. So when you obey, you are imitating and glorifying Jesus. So Paul has told us, you as kids, what to do, obey, and who should do it, children to their parents. Now he tells us how. How to do it. We're going to see that... You kids, your obedience to your parents can be worship to God. Because the verse says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Which is the next verse? yeah, Obey your parents in the Lord. Now what does that mean? That's, that means obey your parents as if, obey, as if you're obeying the Lord. That doesn't mean your parents are God, right? That means your parents have authority from God. And it means that when you obey your parents, you're obeying them because of How good God is and how much you trust God. If God is good and if he loves you, which he does, and he asks you to obey your parents, you can trust that obeying your parents is a good thing because God is good. Obeying in the Lord, it also means obeying your parents because they have authority from God. And to obey them is to obey God. Right? Now, Remember that God has all authority. There's that figure again, and again, it's all messed up. But the point is God has all authority, and he gives your parents the job of um, authority under them in your life. So we parents have a big job and, um, to exercise the authority that God has given us to exercise. Um, it's kind of as if, you'd say, your parents go away for an evening and your big sister is in charge. And your parents have put her in charge in their place, and they've given your big sister instructions to pass along to you, like make sure you put your jammies on, you brush your teeth, and you're ready for bed by the time we get back at 8 o'clock. Now if your sister tells you that, and you say, why, you're not my mom, well, she says no, but mom and dad have put me in charge in their place, and they've given me the authority to tell you to do that. So now, if you don't do what your sister's saying, you're actually disobeying your parents, right? Yeah. But that also doesn't mean your sister can just say, well, I'm the boss, so go clean my room. She doesn't have the authority to do whatever, to ask you to do anything she wants, only as the parents have given her her authority. And that's the same with your parents and God. They're in authority, and God's given them the authority to Instruct you as kids to do what pleases the Lord. Hopefully your parents wouldn't ask you to do something that displeases the Lord. So, when we say, children, obey your parents in the Lord, that means obey your parents as if you're obeying God. Because that's what God asks you to do. But then Paul puts in a very important word. Does anybody see it? That's right, it's the word for. For. Now, do you ever ask why questions? Do you ever ask why? Yep. They're great questions. It's great to ask why questions. Most of the time. But when you see the word for in the Bible, that often means pay attention because here comes the answer to a why question. Here comes the answer to a question. Maybe you were thinking or maybe you weren't. And this why question is, why should I obey my parents in the Lord? Does anybody uh, see the answer? Because this is right. Do you ever wonder why something is good or bad or right or not right? Things are good because they're in line with who God is and what God values. That's why something's right. So obeying your parents is right because it imitates obeying God's authority it's obeying god it's the right thing to do it's good and righteous and paul is telling us that it's right to obey because that's so the reason he's he's sharing this because it's supposed to motivate you as kids yeah i should obey my parents because it's the right thing to do it's right right you should learn to save money for you will have some money when you need it right this we use this sort of logic you should put your bike away at night for or it will not rust or get stolen if you put it away. That makes sense? You should obey God, for it is right. And the fact that it's right should make us want to obey, because we should want to do what's right. So the question is, do you? Do you care about, what's doing, what, about doing what's right? I know the answer should be yes, but if you, if you just admit, you know, I really don't care. I really don't care about doing what's right. I just kind of want to do what I want to do. Well, that's a really good thing to discover. If you notice that you just don't really want to do what's right, that's good. It's good to discover that. It's good to see that because that way you can admit to God, you know what, God, I really don't want to do what's right. I don't care about doing what's right. Because he already knows that. He already knows what's in your heart. And he can help you care about doing what's right. In Psalm 119, verse 36, the psalmist says, Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. So what, what's an incline? What does that mean, incline? Does anybody know what an incline is? Zoe's holding her hand like this. It's a slope, right? Yeah, it's a slope. If you put a ball on an incline or a slope, what happens? It's gonna roll, right? It's gonna roll downhill. What if you're what if you're skiing? Which one's easier? Going uphill or downhill? Or what if you're biking? You're going uphill, is this easier or downhill? It's kinda hard to tell. That was That was a very steep hill, wasn't it, Micah? (laughs) It's a lot easier to go downhill, isn't it? Well, does it feel like obeying your parents is sort of like skiing uphill? Sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes, yes, but (laughs) if it's really steep, you know. Yeah, it takes more work to go uphill most of the time. Most of the time. Well, if it feels like obeying your parents is sort of like going uphill instead of downhill, that's because we're sinners, and sinners naturally rebel against authority. God's authority and our parents' authority. We want obeying God to be like riding a bike downhill, not uphill. That would be great, wouldn't it? We want our heart to be inclined toward doing what's right. Or as that psalm said, incline toward God's testimonies, not toward selfish gain or toward just doing what I feel like doing. Even though we all naturally do feel that way, when the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, he starts to incline our hearts toward God's testimonies. So, kids, this is a great thing to pray. God, please incline my heart toward your testimonies. Make me want to do what's right. Make me want to please you and not just to please myself. Those are the kinds of prayers that God wants to hear because our hearts are naturally inclined away from God and he loves to answer that prayer. So not only must our actions, your actions as kids, be obedient, but your attitude must be obedient. So we're going to move to the next verse. Verse 2, 6-2. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Now, what Paul means by that second part, this is the first commandment with a promise, he means that this is one of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. The Ten Commandments were the laws that God gave Israel to show them how to live in worship toward him and in love toward one another. So God obviously thought and thinks that obeying and honoring mom and dad is important. In fact, it's Kind of one of the foundations of a society working as well as God intended that it should. Really. And it's how we learn to obey other authority like God. So you as kids have a big job in God's mind. really important one. So what is God asking of you kids in this verse? Honor. What does honor mean? This honor is the heart attitude behind the actions of obedience. So, have you ever been asked to clean your room and you kind of get mad and you go do it and you sort of do a halfway job and you do it angrily. That's not honoring your parents by obeying. That's doing it with a grumpy heart. That doesn't honor your parents, right? Honor means to is the expression of love towards those placed above us by God. Did you know that your attitude toward your parents matters to God? does. It's not just whether or not you did what they said. It's God wants to, God, God is asking you to have a, an attitude of honor toward them. So what, is the, what does honor mean? Well, it kind of means to make something heavy or to give it weight. To give something weight. You think of a scale. You know, the heavier thing on one side is going to outweigh the, the lighter thing on the other. Your parents. Honoring your parents, your parents' words should have weight. They should tilt the scale toward toward the downward direction. Give them weight. So, giving giving them weight, giving your word, your parents' words, weight is kind of like imagine this. You're discussing with your friends who's the best baseball player of all time, and I keep using baseball analogies. Sorry, but. That's just what we're doing here. Baseball analogies. You might say, oh, it's, it's Julio Rodriguez. That's the best player of all time. And then your friend says, no, no, it's, it's, it's Aaron Judge. He can hit a ball almost 500 feet. And someone else says, no, 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 it's, it's Shohei Otani. He can pitch a no-hitter and hit home runs. Well, then your dad chimes in. Ah, you guys are just talking about the young players. The, the best of all time is Ken Griffey Jr. No, he was better than all those guys. Well, your dad, you know, maybe his word has a little more weight. He's seen more players. Now, what if you asked a guy by the name of Joe Morgan? Joe Morgan was a baseball player in the 1970s and 80s. He was a Hall of Fame baseball player. But since retiring from playing baseball, he became a baseball announcer. For 30 years, he's probably still doing it. Anyway, he's seen a lot of baseball players, and he has the ability, he would have the ability to judge who's the best from a much wider pool of knowledge, right? So his opinion would have more weight, because he has a lot of experience as a player, and because he's been in the position to watch a lot of players. So in the same way, you kids are to give your parents words weight. They are important, and your parents are wise. So this word, it means to prize or value or revere. Revere as if you're revering someone who's in authority, like, you know, all your parents. They're in a position of great importance, which is parenting, and they've sacrificed much in order to serve you. And no one on earth loves you more than your parents do. And you can honor them by obeying them. So God is calling you not just to obey the actions that your parents ask of you, but to do it with a heart that honors them and gives them, gives their words weight, that values their instructions. But there's a bonus. The commandment includes a promise. A promise of joy and blessing. It says that it may go well with you. Obey your parents and honor them that it may go well with you. That you may live long in the land. Huh. So that promise is from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, where it says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So here's how Paul is applying this to you kids. He's saying, Your life will go well and your days will be prolonged if you obey your parents. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to live to be 103 if you obey your parents? Eh, Maybe not. Everything in your life will be just as you dreamed it? Eh, Maybe not. What it means, though, is that God will give you joy in honoring and obeying your parents, even if it's hard. And your honoring and obeying your parents will help your family's life together be happier. Imagine your family's household is like a bicycle. There's a prime example of a great bicycle. Your parents are pedaling it, and let's say you're the chain. Honoring your parents is like being a well-lubricated, clean chain, bike chain. Now, it takes some work to keep the chain in good condition and clean and lubed properly, but it's worth it. The bike rides so much better. Has anybody experienced a bad chain on their bike? Yes, yes. It's not as much fun to ride, is it? Well, a household in which you honor your parents is one that is happier. It goes well. It goes better. Dishonoring your parents is like a rusty chain, something like that. Right? It's pretty rusty. It takes a lot more effort to pedal it and it's just not as fun and it's hard and you're going to crash probably. <laughs> a household where you're not honoring your parents is is much more difficult, much less happy. Things just don't go well like this guy, right? It makes your parents' job of pedaling and steering the family much more difficult. But keeping, keeping the chain lubed and clean and obeying your parents, it just makes it so much better for everybody. So how can you kids live in a manner that's worthy of the amazing kindness that God has shown you to rescue you and invite you aboard the ship and uh, give you gifts and be kind to you? It's obeying in action and attitude. Out of a love for God. In action by listening and doing what they say, right? Listen under, hear under. And in attitude by honoring them, giving their words, weight. Out of a love for what God has done for you. It's always a response to God's working in your life first. Remember, it's like the, the, the guy who's rescued off the island and then after being rescued, being, you know... Saying, I'm going to learn now. I'm going to learn how to. Now I'm going to learn how to be a good crew member. I'm going to learn how to honor my captain by, by following the rules of the of the ship and by, being a blessing. Don't kick the parrot. Don't kick the parrot. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know what? You'll receive joy, and God will receive glory in the process. Again, this is really hard. It's not easy requires you to, to sometimes ignore what you would like to do and instead do what you'd really rather not do. And sometimes you might find that you, your attitude is not so good and you'd really rather ignore your parents. But that's when, we, that's when we remember Psalm 119, verse 36. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you that you have, um, you have called the children to yourself. You, you love kids. You have given them a big job also to obey their parents and to honor their parents in the Lord as if they are obeying you. I pray that you would incline their hearts toward you, incline their hearts toward um, pleasing you, toward honoring their parents. Um, I pray that you would give them great joy as they do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.